curious vedan and welcome to my podcast today my guest is varun deshpande managing director of the good food institute india also known as gfi gfi is a non profit institute that is dedicated to create a food system that is affordable delicious and good for our bodies and the planet hi varun Welcome to my show. Hi Vedan, thank you for having me on your show. You're welcome. So Varun, I'm curious to know what does GFI do? Thank you for the question Vedan. So GFI is focused on helping to build a food system as you said, which is better for the planet and for humans and for animals. The reason why we want to do this is because farming of animals on a very very large scale so in large numbers uh, results in all sorts of bad effects on the planet so things that you might have read about and seen about uh, like climate change like diseases like a lot of different issues that arise when it comes to being able to feed the world they're caused by the large scale farming of animals which is also called factory farming so if you imagine millions upon millions or billions of chickens and cows and pigs and fish that are raised and slaughtered that is killed or even just caught wild in the seas this is a kind of thing that's causing a huge problem for the planet so what gfi does is very simple we accept that people still want to eat meat eggs and dairy we don't try to convince people not to eat those things because it's hard to convince people and because we don't want to get into a fight about what people should and should not eat so we try and make meat eggs and dairy in a different way without animals we try and take animals out of the food supply why should people eat less meat eggs and other animal products so it's very simple vedant the main reason why all of these problems that i just mentioned to you is happening uh, is because we eat animals who eat plants so we need to grow those animals at a very large scale so in huge numbers 1000 times 1000 is a million and 1000 times a million is a billion okay and the world eats something like 70 billion so 70000 1000 1000 of animals every year that's a lot of animals that we have to feed and grow and keep healthy and then kill ultimately so that we can eat them for meat now in order to do that because we have to do that we have to raise all those animals feed them a lot of different things uh, and that causes a lot of pressure on the planet 70 billion animals per year is a lot of animals yeah that's right and that number 70 billion vedant it doesn't even include fish so fish is even more than that all i'm talking about now is land animals fish is something like 1 to 3 trillion okay and a trillion is a thousand times a billion so we're talking about 1 to 3 thousand times thousand times thousand times thousand fish are eaten every year which is just a huge amount of animals that are being uh, raised and slaughtered or caught in the wild and it's having really bad effects on the planet this is why people should consider eating different things aside from meat eggs and dairy What are the different kinds of alternatives to meat, eggs, and other animal products? So, Vedant, this is where it gets really exciting. 
So as I said before, and you asked me, why should people eat less meat, eggs and dairy? What we are trying to do at the Good Food Institute and what the people who work as our partners are trying to do is take that choice and make it something that's very easy by giving people alternatives that taste the same or better than meat, eggs and dairy and cost the same or less, which makes it really easy. So to answer your question about what are these alternatives, they are of different types. One in particular is called plant-based foods. So these are foods that taste, smell, cook, uh, look the same as meat, egg or dairy, but they are not made by raising and slaughtering animals. They are made from plants or from crop ingredients. So we use science and technology uh, to create these foods that taste the same or better as, for example, a beef burger and cost the same or less. And that's the goal. So when someone uh, is eating that, that plant-based burger, they feel that it's exactly the same. So it feels like a simple switch and not a sacrifice. That's what we want to provide. Another type of product, uh, another type of food that falls into these alternatives uh, is called cultivated meat. So if you take an animal, uh, when an animal uh, starts out as life, it starts out as just one cell, right? You know what cells are, right, Pridhan? Yeah. So when, when, when all living things start out as life, they start out as a cell. And then they grow from that cell into this big thing. Just like you are now seven years old, you've grown from a cell all the way to the size that you are now. Congratulations, Vedant. So Thank every you. animal also starts like that. So what we are proposing to do with cultivated meat is instead of growing the animal, okay, and having the chicken grow with all its feet and its feathers and its beak and all the things we don't actually eat, we only eat the chicken breast or we only eat the meat from the chicken. Why don't we just grow the cell so that it only becomes a chicken breast? instead of a living, breathing chicken, which is so, it takes so much time and so much effort to grow that full chicken. Why don't we just grow a chicken breast or a beef steak or a pork chop just from the cells? So that's what we do with cultivated meat is we take the cells and we farm those cells directly instead of farming the animals. So these are the two types of alternatives, Vedant, as you asked. Plant-based and cultivated are the two main types that we're seeing approaching the market now. How do you make these alternatives using science and technology? In what way do you make them? Great you... question. Yeah, so with, with, uh, with plant-based foods, Vedant, we use some of the same techniques that have been used in food for a very long time. So if you've ever seen, uh, if you've ever seen pasta being made, for example, uh, you use rolling, you create a dough, uh, you then pass that pasta under some heat and pressure. Uh, so when you, when you heat it up, when you press it, it becomes that hard pasta that you get in a box and then you cook at home. You boil it at home and then it becomes soft again. Have you ever cooked pasta, Vedan? Yes. And it's a lot of fun, right, to cook a pasta. So the, the, the way that you make a plant-based meat is almost similar to that. So you use some of the same machines, some, some of the same techniques. Uh, you mix up those different plant ingredients. So you might use beetroot, you might use peas, you might use potato protein. So different things that are, that are different ingredients that you get from different plants. And you give them the same kinds of processes, heat and pressure. And when you mix them together, you get something magical, which is this substitute 
for meat, which tastes the same or better and costs the same or less. In what way is plant-based food better than animal-sourced food? The actual benefits of plant-based foods, they are huge. Because you don't need to uh, grow a chicken, raise a chicken and then kill it for food, uh, you don't have to grow all of those crops to feed the chicken and then feed the part of that chicken that is the chicken breast or whatever you want to eat to humans after that. You basically use much, much less land. So, you know, 20 to 25 times less land, much, much less water. You emit much, much, much fewer greenhouse gases. Uh, you use much less energy. So there are huge benefits to doing something like this. So one company, for example, Vedan, is called Beyond Meat in the US. And Beyond Meat makes the Beyond Burger, which is designed as a plant-based food to replace the beef burger from cows. But because it's made from plants and because they have those benefits that I just told you about, it uses uh, 20 times less land, 25 times less water, so much less energy. In fact, if you look at Americans, Americans eat on average, Vedant, can you guess how many beef burgers Americans eat per week? Um, 19 billion. <laughs> okay, can you tell me, can you tell me how, ma how many burgers do you think one American eats on average per week? Um, 10? That, that's not bad actually, that's a pretty good guess. It's actually three, okay, which is still a very high number if you think about it. Americans eat three beef burgers every week. And because of everything I told you earlier, it has a lot of bad effects on the planet because you have to grow those cows and you get all those greenhouse gas emissions, you get all this climate change, it doesn't make sense. So the benefit of plant-based food, as you mentioned earlier, is if you just take the Beyond Burger, the company that I just told you about, and you just say to an American, hey, you're eating three burgers a week, three beef burgers a week, I'm giving you something that's made from plants, but tastes the same. Can you just replace one of those three beef burgers every week? And let's say they all agree to do it. If they all agree to switch out just one of the three beef burgers they eat every week, it will be equal to taking 12 million cars off the road in terms of how much energy and greenhouse gas emissions you use. 12 million. That's how much impact you can have by making a simple switch in your diet towards plant-based foods. Wow. When you said the company Beyond Meat, I know that company. And I also know one more called Impossible Foods. Yeah, and they're also doing great work. And they both, they both make uh, burgers, but they're also coming out with different products. It's very exciting. Yeah, even I think it's great. I have eaten Ben and Jerry's cookie dough and berry last week in ice creams. But when I went to the Ben and Jerry's factory in Vermont, I saw two huge containers of cow milk. Why are they there when they make vegan ice creams? Oh, this is a great question, Vedant. I'll tell you why. Because this, is, this change that we are seeing right now in the food system is going to take time. It's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of investment of money from companies and from uh, investors. And it's going to take talent. So Vedant, as you grow older, when you and children like you are thinking about these questions and when you apply your mind and your talent to these questions and when you study things like 
food science or biochemistry or, or biomedical engineering and all of these things that can be applied to make delicious, nutritious, uh, plant-based and cultivated foods, that's when we are going to see this change happen faster and faster. So consumers want it. People are saying that they want to eat more and more plant-based foods. They're saying that they want to eat less animal meat because of all the bad things I mentioned to you earlier. And so companies know that they have to start providing more of these things, but we need much more talent, much more investment and much more attention going into this area. In the Ben and Jerry's factory, there was a flavor graveyard. If all the ice creams became vegan, then guess what? All of the milk ice creams would go into the flavor graveyard. <laughs> That's funny. So Good Food Institute is trying to make everything the same. Like when you eat a, a plant-based beef burger and you put it on the barbecue, it cooks the same? Yes, because then you don't have to convince everyone. Uh, you can basically give them a product and say, look, you don't have to change your life. This is, you can have a huge impact on the planet uh, for positive just by making a simple switch. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to oppose anything. It's going to be very easy to, to get people to do this Vedant rather than to convince them. I love the vegan cookies and brownies from Veggie Grill in the US, but hmm. I don't find such great ones in India and Singapore. What can we do to get such cookies and brownies everywhere in the world? That's a wonderful question. So food, the way that the food business works is not just the person who's making the cookie at the end of the line. It also involves all the ingredients that go into the cookie and it involves all the expertise that's, that, that's needed to make those ingredients. So in the US, you have huge numbers of these ingredients, right? So you have replacements for egg in baking. You have replacements for milk in baking so that you can get that perfect cookie, which is crumbly and soft and chewy or exactly whatever you like, right? But in India and in Singapore, some of these things are missing and we have to do a lot of work to bring that uh, into the future. We have to do a lot of work to, to create that ecosystem. Okay. I had fostered a dog for a day and had named her Chuno. Now she is called Bella and she is with you. How is she? Please tell her I miss her. Oh, thank you so much. Bella is well. She is currently uh, hanging out with my mother. Uh, right outside the door. Bella is having a blast. She's really enjoying being spoiled by my entire family and she's being very naughty. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having me, Vedant. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedant, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leash on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedan wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Thanks for listening to Curious Vedan.
Do not forget to rate and leave comments.